This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, what's up, guys? It's Mike Lynch. What's going on? This is Rashad. This is the Sports Sunday Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. It is now brought to you on the fan by your local Les Schwab Tire Centers. Doing the right thing since 1952. Weekends were made for sports. Now do the robot voice. I want to hear it again. That's a terrible robot voice. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Where are the turtles? Where are the turtles? Come on, guys, get out of here. Where are the turtles? And Rashad Taylor. Nobody calls me Lebowski. You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude, man. On 1080 The Fan. Hour two of two here on Sports Sunday. Mike and Rashad with you. Brittany Davis sitting along with us as well. Former Oregon State and Minnesota women's basketball player. Going to wrap up some NBA talk here before we get into a little bit of the NFL draft. And then, of course, hit or love it at 1030. And uh, Rashad came in and wanted to talk some Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. So KD yesterday saw what Damian Lillard did and said, I'll do it. (laughs) I'm in. And he did. (laughs) Scored 50 himself and also surpassed Lillard's halftime point total with, I think, 36 points in the first half of that game against the Clippers. And uh, yeah, they uh, the the Warriors won by 19 points and moved on to the second round to play the Rockets. No, so, no big, no big deal. Uh, what was your uh, big fresh hot take for uh, Kevin Durant there, Rashad? Um, Kevin Durant has officially. Well, hold on, Jesse. Do you have that uh, that clip first? So I want to play this first. This is this is after uh, Game Six, and this is Patrick Beverly. And uh, Lou Williams uh, being asked about stopping Kevin Durant. Uh, Shelly Smith from ESPN. I'm over here. What more could you have done to slow Kevin down, especially in the first half? I answer this. What you think? (laughs) You played basketball before? What you think? Honestly, that's an honest question. What you think? You watch a lot of basketball. You with ESPN. I mean, I mean, he's Kevin Durant. I promise we tried. <laughs> we didn't roll over. <laughs> and we didn't just say, hey, man, you know what? Just come on and give us 50 tonight. Of course not. You know, he's a hell of a player. <laughs> and the shots he took, you know, he made some tough shots. If you was a coach, what would you tell us to do? I mean, in a, in a nutshell, like, and, and I think uh, Lou Williams responded was, was just saying, like, you, sometime you come across special not like people. we didn't try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that was the, that was the thing. It's like, uh, I mean... Do you think anybody said, you know, let's just go out there and give Kevin Durant 50? Like, you no, know, those those dudes, there's a lot of pride on that floor, and especially a guy like Patrick Beverly, one of the best defenders in the league, a guy that really 
you know, just worked himself up from from the bottom to to get to where he is. Uh, he meant that. And, you know, like I said, Lou Williams followed up with just saying, like, some guys are special. And Kevin Durant is, I use this term often, but he's a created player. If you play 2K, you play Madden, whatever the case is, sometimes you'll make a guy in the create a player spot, and he's long and he's fast and he's athletic and can shoot threes and has 98 dunks. And like, that's Kevin Durant. Like, he's a six, or he's, a, excuse me, he's a seven foot shooting guard. You know, and arguably the third best shooter in the entire NBA, only behind his two teammates. Like, you're looking at a dude that has, and I just figured this out, I just saw this the other day. You know, Kevin Durant has the fourth highest scoring average in NBA history? I did not know that. The fourth highest scoring average, excuse me, and, and playoff history. It's only behind, uh, let's see, Michael Jordan, Allen Iverson, and Jerry West. And really, he was fifth up until last or the other night where he moved into fourth because he dropped 50 points. So LeBron is now fifth all-time in uh, as far as scoring average. He can shoot over you. He can drive past you. He can score at the rim. He's become a much better defender. With LeBron kind of taking a step backwards because of the injury now, Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA. He's only been waiting 11 years to be able to call himself so that's the, the best player in the league. So that's the that he's the best he's, now? I think, I think Kevin Durant's the best player in the, in the NBA right now. Do you think LeBron can take nope. that back from nope. him? LeBron's the – I mean, the one person that's undefeated – Father time with this injury to LeBron. And really, I think he came back before he was really ready. He just had to win some games. But uh, I just, uh, he's about to turn 34 here in a bit. Like, I'm just, you're just looking at an older basketball player with a lot of mileage. That's why you see LeBron so happy on Instagram right now that ah, not playing in the playoffs, extra time off. Like, he's having a good time right now, enjoying his life, not playing basketball. And Kevin Durant has finally got to the, to the point to where I don't know if it's, I mean, I think it's still a debate, yes, but I think for most people, looking at what you're what you're looking at, especially considering the fact that he plays for the Warriors, it's a foregone conclusion that they're going to win the championship more than likely. Like, there's nine. Uh, nine somebody just said that the Blazers were going to go to the finals. They, they, that's, I'm if they, but what else did he say? <laughs> if they don't play, if they don't have to play Golden State in the next round, then they can absolutely do that. But uh, no, I just think KD is at a point to where he's. Um, if you could believe, elevated this Warriors team even higher than than they should be. Steph may not play today. I, don't, I didn't see that yet, but uh, he had a turn ankle. And how many other teams can say they have another MVP just so, in their starting lineup just waiting? I don't disagree with that take at all. I mean, LeBron had a terrible year, for LeBron standards at least, and he kind of looked like he just gave up on it early on, realizing that no one was going to play with him that he wanted and his team wasn't very good. I don't know what the difference was because he had brought bad Cavs teams to the finals and he decided to not bring a bad Lakers team to the playoffs. I, I, it almost just felt like he went, yeah, I'm not going to do this this year. So it was weird. It was a weird mental thing. But then again, you saying Kevin Durant's the best player in the NBA, although it might be true at this point, a lot of people will push back on you for that because Kevin Durant has had signs of weakness being sensitive, right? maybe not playing hard every single game. Hell, even earlier in the series, the conversation was, what's wrong with Kevin Durant? Because Patrick Beverly got him teed up like six times yeah. and got him ejected. So it with Durant, it swings back and forth constantly. Of course he can score. He's one of the best shooters, like you said, in the NBA, if not the best shooter from all over the court. But I still think people would push back on you on the Durant thing because of his personality. Oh, people hate him. And this year. Oh, people hate him. How old is he? KD is 30, 31, something like that, maybe 30. Googling now. He is 30 years old. So 
So he does have some time. He's still in his prime. Yeah. He's a couple seen, years before the prime ends, still, right? No, and, you know, KD is, and I don't, know, I don't know how you feel about him, Brittany, but on the show, I've been very critical of KD, mostly because of the decision to go to Golden State. Like, he could have went to any other team and things would have been, you know, there, there would have been some parity in the yeah. NBA. He went to the one team that didn't need him. And that was the part for me that kind of changed things for. And I've know, always been okay with Durant going there. You know, yeah, you know, but you know, but I think the reason people were so angry is because he was so good, because he was considered arguably the second best player, you know, in the league at that point. So I'm curious. I know people hate him right now. How do you feel about KD? Are you a? Ah, <sighs> I'm. It's funny because I feel the same way a lot of people feel about LeBron. I feel about KD. I don't feel. I don't. And he's know. the best ever. I, no, I, I have a problem with both, actually. I think they both have their weaknesses that are detrimental to teams, and I think they have really great strengths that could help propel teams. Um, but I don't know. I just, for me, I don't always think that they make their team better, their teammates better. Uh, yeah, I'm I just kind of up in the air. I mean, Dur- uh, that's interesting with Durant, because Durant was in a weird situation with Westbrook mm-hmm. where – Westbrook didn't really allow Durant to be the best player. And when he was, Westbrook got pouty and and didn't try as hard. And that kind of is what forced Durant out in the first place. And with the Warriors, he hasn't had to make anybody better. So we haven't really seen. And really, this is this this summer is going to be huge for KD. There's a lot of stuff in the air. No, I don't think he'll stay. I think you know, worst kept secret he's going to. If if he gets his third ring, um. He'll have as many as LeBron, and he'll be he'll be validated. You know, like when he goes to New York or wherever he's going to go, um, a lot of people won't talk about the fact that he left, that his team was down or up three one and blew the lead and end up going to Golden State. Like that, that will be just a small part of the story. Now, when they do the thirty for thirty, that'll be a nice little ten minute part of it. But for the most part, people are going to forget. I'm not going to forget. You know, because these are the probably the three softest championships. Like ever ever given quite possibly you know in in, in any sport you know well, so like you said a couple of segments ago though let's take some time to appreciate how good the warriors are the warriors are, and, that, and that's really why good. and yeah, that's I why mean, it's hard to, and that's why it's hard to respect might say for a soft, lot of people but it's incredible basketball. no yeah and i think that's why it's hard for a lot of people to really latch like either you the warriors are arguably the most polarizing team in sports almost like the new lakers like either you love the warriors or you absolutely hate them because of what they I guess representing the type, the type of basketball they represent. Just put all the cold players on one team and go from there. The Warriors were already pegged to win the championship before KD got there. Like they lost the championship. Vegas put up the odds of of the next year's title, and the Warriors were already uh, at the top of the charts before KD decided to go there. So I think a lot of people still have a lot of animosity that you, man, you killed the NBA. We're watching the game one of what should be a really good uh, series. Bucks, it ain't gonna matter. Bucks in five. It ain't gonna matter. Because at the end of the day, no, I'm I mean, Celtics in six. It, it's not going to matter just because at the end of the day, we know who's going to win the championship. So as we watch the playoffs and as we watch the Blazers and Damian Lillard have this amazing moment with his team, at the same time, you know, like, uh, it's almost all for nothing because we know who's going to be in the finals if, if Houston can't take care of uh, what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to win this series, by the way. The Bucks are so good. They are so good. I, I'm, I'm a, listen, I'm, I'm going with – I don't think the Celtics are as good as as they looked last series. I think the Celtics are 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 good. I think they finally figured it out. I think Kyrie is 
offensively the most talented person on the floor, and that right there is the reason why the Bucks won't win. Giannis can't shoot, and once you play a good defensive team, like they're going to be able to put up, put some schemes in place to keep him out of the paint or make sure those are the, the, the that's the only type of shot that he gets is, is jump shots. Yeah, he'll be fine. Well, didn't the Celtics this year kind of feel like almost kind of like like the Warriors where they're like, you know, we've made it all the way to the Eastern Conference Finals a couple times. We know we know we're okay in the playoffs. Let's just not expend too much energy in the regular season. Maybe there was a little dysfunction. I think Kyrie's had got a history Kyrie, of being but... hurt. You know, he's got a history of being hurt during the year, especially as you get towards the playoff time. He's been hurt in the finals. Like then you then you've got uh geez, what's uh other guy, number twenty. Gordon Hayward, who's just coming back this year. Other guy. Other guy. You know, the other cold guy on the team. Gordon like, Hayward's just me. coming back, but then we forget Jason Tatum's still on this team. You know, you still have a good – Jalen Brown still on this team. Marcus Smart is hurt right now, but he's still on this team. You have a really, really good – you got the, the good Morris on this Boston I, squad. I always felt like the Celtics were overrated. Uh, Kyrie is great, but beyond that, I never really felt like any of the guys were impactful enough in the playoffs to do it. I like Jason Tatum a lot, but he's still young. Uh, but the key here is Gordon Hayward. He started playing better again at the end of the, the last series. He's finally returning to form I think he's from healthy. his injury. I think he's, I think he's well, you know, filming himself. He suffered the – the Nurkic injury, Ugh. but he did it worse. It was at his ankle. Like it wasn't just a straight break. It was down by the ankle joint, which made it even worse. Uh, if he plays really well, then yeah, they, the Celtics definitely win the series, but I think the bucks are just that good. Anyway, let's move on. We got to do a little NFL draft before we move on to hate it or love it. It was one of the most, if not the most boring NFL drafts in a long time. Didn't watch one bit of it, but Me either. one of the funniest moments happened early on. And it happened to a lot of my friends, so I had a little personal reaction to it as well. That's next here on The Fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. No! Just so you know, ESPN rated Daniel Jones as a zero-star recruit. Why would you do that? You're so stupid! Gentlemen, what are you doing? The New York Giants select Daniel If you search Gettleman in the system, we have his explanation for why he took Daniel Jones, if you could find that for the segment. That is the... <laughs> so the draft kind of sucked this year. It was really boring. There wasn't a whole lot to... There wasn't a whole lot to it, in my opinion. There wasn't a lot of interesting, exciting players. But the big moment of the draft was with the sixth overall pick, the New York Giants selected Duke quarterback... Daniel Jones, who <laughs> by all accounts in the mock drafts was a borderline first round quarterback, a guy who many thought would slip into the second round and yet taken in the top 10 to where those reactions that we just heard after the music happened by every Giants fan. Uh, I grew up in New Jersey and my family is Giants fans. I have a lot of friends who are Giants fans. And I literally just sent mass laughing texts as that happened i was just like because <laughs> there's nothing better to me i don't know why it's probably pretty cruel when somebody's team makes a horrific draft pick i did it to my bills 
uh, fan friends last year when they took Josh Allen in the top 10 too. I just laughed. And I mean, we've all had, I, I've done it to, for myself as a Broncos fan. When we took Paxton Lynch in the first round a couple of years ago, it's like, come on. Or hell, when we took Drew Locke this year in the second round, traded up to take him. I was like, come on, stop drafting quarterbacks. Ellie. You don't know what you're doing, but what a strange pick to take a guy who has barely proven anything in the top 10. I mean, I don't understand it, but it was very funny. Oh, man. So the only part of the draft I watch is typically the first few picks, first maybe 10. You know, after that, I get really bored. It's a lot of waiting. It's like that's like that's literally like an hour of waiting for guys to come up. The cool part about the draft, the part that I actually love, is you get the chance to watch young men and young women become, in some cases, millionaires, you know, off top. You know, you get a chance to hug your mom, hug your dad, you know, and go up there and shake the commissioner's hand. Get the Like, that's a huge, huge moment. So you feel good for all the guys going in there. I don't want to watch offensive linemen. Like, I feel good for those guys, too. I don't know them, but, man, congratulations to them. But I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention to any offensive linemen. I didn't pay attention to any defensive linemen that kind of played this year. So it was kind of like, uh, cool guy from Clemson gets drafted. Yay. Like the buzz was around Kyler Murray and that's it. And I mean, and really like, I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if that was a great decision to take Kyler, but I mean, I get it. You want to take the Heisman. You want to take the guy like, okay, go ahead and go for it. I mean, I probably would have hung on to Rosen just a little bit. I think, you know, Rosen could be very, I think still think he'd be a good quarterback. That's just me, but we'll see what happens. Now he's going to the Dolphins. Now he's going to go to the Dolphins. And how about this? You want to hear something crazy? Three of the four starting quarterbacks from the AFC East were all drafted in the 2018 draft. Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen. And then Brady and taken then Brady. in 2001. Yeah. Or, two, or what, 99. You know, You're so, the Patriots fan. Yeah, I don't remember the exact 99. Year. So, I mean, uh, the, the, the draft was – on ABC. The one thing we haven't talked about though as far as the draft is they had to bump Je- or Je- uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, with the superstar Jeopardy guy. With with James was a uh, Holtzcom, Holt Holtzman, I don't forget. I, forget I have his not last watched name. an episode of it yet. So I apparently just know there's a guy who's a sports better who is like So he's over a million bucks. Already. So he won. He's the fastest person to ever win uh he, he I guess his one day winning total was like he won 130 grand, 130,000. Um, which beat the the last uh, record of like a hundred grand or something like that. Ken like, Jennings probably right. Yeah. This, so this guy, um, I guess, was about to become the 16 day winner of Jeopardy, and which was historic as far as Jeopardy, and it was bumped for day two of the NFL draft. <laughs> so Jeopardy and then Jeopardy watchers, they're 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 pretty pissed off. They're, that's something that we haven't. Uh, that was that was an interesting thing about the draft. It's like they had to bump something. Why wouldn't they just show it on ESPN? Why would they have to show on ABC? ABC well, too? because it was their first year of trying to bring it to the mass audience. Yeah, of course, so, it was the most boring draft to do it. So but. anyone that watched Jeopardy or if you watched Wheel of Fortune, those shows were bumped <laughs> until Saturday. So here's the audio of Gettleman after drafting Daniel Jones. I loved him on film. Absolutely loved him. Loved everything about him. And uh, then I went to the uh, Senior Bowl. He walked out there, and I saw a professional quarterback. After his, after the three series that I watched, I saw a professional quarterback. So that's when I was in full bloom love. <laughs> he basically just did the T.O. Full bloom, huh? That's my quarterback. That's my quarterback, man. Except he said, that's my quarterback. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he saw he saw a uh, So let me get this winner. straight, Gettleman. 
in the film you watched, it was great. And then on the three series you saw in person at the Senior Bowl, you fell in full bloom love. That, to me, is how you evaluate quarterbacks. Three yeah. series and a little bit of film. Perfect. That's uh, all. Perfect it, to find your next starter. And then the kicker is he said, this is a long-term thing. We imagine him being like Aaron Rodgers behind Brett Favre. Eli for Manning three for years. three more years at the starting quarterback of the New York Giants. So you plan to keep Eli for another three years. Eli, who can't Eli throw the ball from me to you. Ago. Eli, Eli need to retire. Eli yes. needs to retire a, a couple times. Like, Eli should have been retired two, three years ago. But then you bring in this young man. I feel I, I, There's a part of me that feels really bad, you know, because you got to come in, you got to take over for Eli, who's, man, just beloved in the city of, of New York. Uh, then you have to play for the Giants. Nobody, and oh, it could be good because nobody really expects anything of you at this point because you're not Dwayne Haskins. Nobody knows anything. I don't even know who this guy was. He has the same college winning percentage or success uh, percentage as Je- one of Jesse's all-time favorites, Jake Locker. Mm. So that just, just as a comparison, that's who he's supposed comparable to is former Titans quarterback Jake Locker. The, the the number one um, worry that I have is 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 his completion percentage. He's it, it, what I want to see from a high end quarterback prospect out of college is somebody who has sixty five percent or more completion percentage. We you had a guy like Marcus Mariota who still at times struggles in this league was a seventy two percent completion percentage as a in his collegiate career, and this guy struggles to get to that sixty percent mark. That's what worries me. Outside of that, um, he, he's. He, there are sparks there. I think there are things to work with. It's it's kind of with me on the the lines of this could be a, a Mitch Trubisky type move where it could end up working out. Um, I think he's in a good situation where he gets to sit back and relax and watch Eli do his thing. And I think the Giants are perfectly fine letting him sit for the entire year. I don't know if they're going to succumb to the fan base's desire to see uh, Daniel Jones, and who knows if they're even going to yell for Daniel Jones. We just heard the reaction of, uh, of that pick. They're not necessarily excited to see him no. in a Giants uniform. I think the number one thing that's going to be a hindrance for him is the same thing that that any player that goes to New York has to deal with, and that's the media there. It is just it beats you up and spits you out, and you have to have a special kind of personality, I think, to succeed in the New York market. I did see this. We'll, we'll wrap it up on this. It was funny. Daniel Jones looks like he was cast to play Eli Manning in a movie directed by Peyton Manning because it is very true. <laughs> yes. He's just Eli Manning 2.0, which, hey, I guess he won you two Super Bowls, but he also uh, you know, I no guess that's what they're looking for in New good. York. You know, forget the guy in Dwayne Haskins that won at a football school and played in the Big Ten. And played and, well against know, big competition, unlike for, Daniel Jones. No, just just forget about all this. Well, Take then, the guy and they're who lying to the, They're lying to the media, too. They said that we are we're certain there were multiple teams who had Jones first on their board that would have taken him before 17. And then the report said, like, one of them was the Broncos. One of them was the Redskins. And the Broncos reporter goes, no, that's not true. They had Drew Locke as their number one quarterback, and they weren't taking him at number 10. That's why they traded back from number 10. And then every report outside of that one was that Dwayne Haskins was going to the Redskins, and Dwayne Haskins went to the Redskins. So they're just they're just feeding lies to make it seem better that they took Daniel Jones sixth overall. They were going to take somebody from Duke. You might as well just draft Zion. I mean, he, I'm pretty sure he could have been <laughs> just as good a quarterback as Daniel Jones. All right, let's break. Coming up next, we got to hate it or love it. But first, Jesse Sports Center.
Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 10.36, Sunday morning, couple segments to go. This is going to be a triple threat, hate it or love it. So get the uh, get the pen and paper ready, Jesse. You're going to have a lot of points to be telling here as we're going to, all three of us are going to do it. So, Brittany, for, since you haven't done this before, we have about a minute and we get awarded points based on our hot takes with that sound. And whoever wins gets to host the last segment. Okay. So if you win... If you I want, it. you can host the last segment. Um, how do you? What order do you want to go for this? We got to do. Three well, I won people. last week, so. Oh, you beat Marcus. I did, mm. of course. <laughs> Wasn't even close, was it, Jesse? <laughs> he brought the heat in the end. I bought the heat in the end. I'm, I'm known to do that, but uh, we can let. Uh, you can start. It's all good. Okay. I know. Welcome back, bro. Oh, thank you. I, I love going first. Appreciate Absolutely. it. Uh, and then who goes second? You want uh, Brittany to go Brittany second? Can go second. Oh, yeah. Rashad wants the most oh, time to formulate his points. Right. Yeah, he wants the most time. All right. So we're probably only going to do like two questions, Jesse, I'm imagining. So let's, uh, unless we go super rapid fire, what do you got for us today? All right. Well, I guess we'll start uh, close to home because home is where the heart is, right? Um, and that is the Portland Trailblazers. They, they kind of got some stuff going on. They got a little break. They got some stuff going on. Yeah, man. <laughs> they got some stuff going on. It's called the playoffs round two. We're not used to that here in Portland. So been a uh, while. Been a while. <laughs> get your Rip City towels uh, ready to um, twirl there in the air because uh, Denver's going to be coming to town for game three. We don't have home court advantage. That one uh, goes to the Denver Nuggets. So we'll be starting game one Pepsi Center on Monday. Uh, tomorrow night, 7.30, tip on TNT. With that said, this game could, or this series could be a close one. Um, these two teams know each other. They're in the same division. Love or hate, Denver and Portland will go seven games. Ooh. Um, I'll say hate on that one because I think the Blazers are much better than the Spurs, and the Spurs just took the Nuggets to seven games. So I think you're going to see this probably go five or six, in my opinion. I think it can go either way. It's a very close series. But Damian Lillard has played so well this playoffs. He has made sure this offseason to battle everything that was thrown at him last year. Everyone was saying the Thunder weren't double-teaming him. They were throwing doubles at him. He split them so fast they couldn't. He would run right through them and get inside the paint and then pass the ball or get an easy layup, and they just couldn't double him because it would be too much of a threat. And the rest of the team actually is hitting their shots more consistently than they have in the playoffs in the past. So that's allowing for that, too. Lillard has, has beaten everything thrown against him so far this season, and uh, I think he's going to be good enough to keep this series shorter, and I do think the Blazers will win in six games. I would say I hate it because I think Blazers will win. Um, I think, like, uh, my guy over here, that Blazers will go five or six. Um, I also think that the, the bench, if they step up and do what they need to do that and be consistent, I think that the Blazers will really win. And I think they have momentum coming from this last series and how it ended with Lillard in that shot. I think this could carry them a long way. But I also think Myers, Leonard, and Collins needs to step up and play that role that the Blazers needs, especially if Cantor is out this series. Uh, I hate it. Um, I also hate it. We'll make it, you know, three for three. Um, <laughs> honestly, I think the Blazers are a better team than Denver. Uh, I think Denver has had an amazing year. They, they're incredibly well coached. Uh, they have a couple that have a veteran on their team that's kind of able to 
uh, keep them humble and keep them, you know, in the mix. But for the most part, I don't see a team that's really great shooting three ball the way the Blazers are. Even outside of Dame and CJ, uh, you still have a couple guys that if, if Aminu gets hot, he can, he's going to knock down a few threes. Uh, if Seth even sees the ball going once, he's a rhythm shooter. And once that starts going in, I uh, expect to see a few of them go in. If Harkless is able to hit that corner uh, corner three ball the way he's able to do, then you're looking at, at at all good things. So I really think the big mismatch here is Jokic. I don't think we the Blazers have anybody that really matches up well with him. So if anybody's going to go off and do something, I think it would be him. But for the most part, I look at a Blazer team where as I look down the roster, I think the Blazers have the advantage of mismatch three out of the five starters. And then as you get to the bench, I think the Blazers bench is just that much better. I say Blazers in six. All right. <clears throat> Pretty close, four, Lots four, and three. Blazers. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, honestly, no. I just after a team that you just saw them handle that they hadn't beaten all, actually hadn't beaten in ten tries. You know, to go in there and really take care of business against Paul George, one of the great uh, uh, threes in the league, Russell Westbrook, one of the great point guards in the league. For them to go out there and handle business in five games the way they did, I would feel confident against any other team in the league right now. Now, we talk about how Dame has improved every year, taking that next step. You know, this year he's a better um, defender. He's splitting the double teams better. Uh, I think that can be said as well um, as a guy like James Harden of Houston, who has improved his game every year and is currently now in that MVP conversation and really kind of taking a stranglehold uh, as one of the elite, elite, elite players, not only in the West, but in the entire NBA um, who has to go against a Golden State team who has kind of a little bit of a beaten, battered Steph, um, Steph Curry. Love or hate, Houston will get the best of Golden State. Mm. You mean in terms of their effort or just No, as, as they will they'll, uh, oh, get they'll the best. Win, they'll, they'll win, win the, the series. series. I they'll, see what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, hate. I think that the Warriors will play up to the competition. That's what they always do. And sometimes they sleepwalk through series. Sometimes they sleepwalk through seasons lately. They just kind of go, ho, hum. We know that we're the best team. We'll get the one seed. We'll get the two seed. It'll be fine. Uh, they're going to go against the Rockets. They're going to be ready for this series. I think you saw a bit of a peek into what they're going to look like with that last game against the Clippers. Kevin Durant's going to go at it. No holds barred. If you get a fully healthy Steph Curry and Klay Thompson had an MRI today that came back negative, so he's fine. If they're fine to play, I think you're going to get juggernaut warriors. Now, the, the the Rockets are a great team, so the Rockets will be able to compete with them. James Harden will be able to compete with them. But I, I think a lot of us are saying this is the year someone could beat the Warriors, which I think is true. But I also think we're giving uh, the, the Warriors too little credit for how good they still really are when they put it all together. So I'll say, hey, I think they're going to win this series. It might not be in four or five, but I think they win this series with uh, great performances across the board. I would say love. I think Houston is going to give them. I think it'll go to seven games. But um, I think how Warriors struggled to just even blow out Clippers in four games, I, they struggle at times. And if everybody doesn't show up, then they're going to struggle into this series as well. I think Kevin Durant will, you know, propel them as usual. But he has to have more consistency with his teammates, especially from the bench. And I think Houston will get that in Tucker and Capella. And I think Chris Paul, I think Chris Paul is tired of losing and not being able to go to the finals. But I think he's going to have to step up a lot more and help James Harden. Uh, I I love it. Um, I look at a Houston team who I believe kind of has Golden State's number. I mean, while it just hasn't been proven in the playoffs, 
James Harden has taken Golden State to seven games before uh, Chris Paul got there. You know, we all remember the, the game seven meltdown. James Harden did the 13 turnovers, dribbled it off his leg, and still was really within two points of <laughs> probably winning that game and headed to their first uh, NBA Finals. So I think um, I think the 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 Rockets have everything that you'll need to beat Golden State. I think they have good shooting all the way around the bass, all the way around the court. I think their their pick and roll game they kind of force you into playing the pick and roll. And with uh, Capella, he's almost unstoppable in that pick and roll game. James Harden, you have to make a decision. If you go underneath that screen, he's going to pull up from three, and it's almost as deadly as Steph's or or KD's at this point as far as shooting the three ball. Chris Paul, getting them in the second round is the best thing that could happen because now Chris Paul doesn't have to get injured uh, playing as hard. Typically, if he's going to get injured, he's going to be in the conference finals. Uh, that's when he's been getting hurt, but so far he's been healthy. Not having a, a crazy first-round series can only help uh, Chris Paul. Steph Curry is kind of gimpy with an ankle. Uh, Mike mentioned Clay just had an MRI on what was called a pretty bad ankle sprain. This, they're, they're not 100% healthy, and I think that can play right into Houston's hands. All right, well, we did a, a quick... Uh, two-question version today of Love or Hate It. Well, we had it was, six answers, so it was like a three-question. Yeah, it, was, it really yeah, was. Right? I mean, it, it actually worked out time-wise uh, pretty pretty on par with the normal. The music bed runs out. There we go. Right? <laughs> um, with that said, our winner today is, by one point, Mike Lynch. Wow. Oh, <laughs> come on, bro. I thought I really had it there. Like, I thought the end. Like, it was I close, it was, yeah. No, you came at it with the uh, once again. You brought the heat in the end, just a uh, little, it. little short. Well, whatever. Good win, Lynch. Coming up next, Game of Thrones here on the fan. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Oh, it feels good to be back. Whatever, dude. <laughs> so great. Uh, I, I tease Game of Thrones. Neither Rashad nor Brittany watch Game of Thrones, so we're not going to talk Game of Thrones. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> Wait, I, I am kind of disappointed, though. Like, everybody talked all this jazz, and, oh, there's somebody that dies every episode in Game of Thrones, and you're just telling me that this is going to be episode three, and no one's had a – there's been no beheadings yet? Okay, well, first of all, you're going to get me talking Game of Thrones. You know this, whoa, right? Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, we, we don't want to go that far. No, no, I, yeah. I, I would be in that spoiler alert situation. Just hold our horses here. <laughs> hold it up. Well, we don't have to talk about it at all. Hold it up. I got some watching to do. Can you explain where you are? I still need to watch episode one and two. <laughs> Okay. I, I have yet to start. I need to get my Amazon Prime up and running and Don't worry. What I'm about it. to say is not going to spoil anything. All right. Yes, it will. No, it won't. If it, do, if it does, I'm yes, coming it after will. I will haunt your dreams. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's I strange. have that power. <laughs> All I was going to say is... People make it out as if this show kills every character all the time without fail. And that's just not true. There's a lot of death in the show, and there's a lot of characters that do die, but it's not every episode. Didn't I there, mean, most there, of the main characters are still alive. Didn't your death toll, doesn't it reach like a thousand something well, yeah, people that have died in like four or five actual seasons? actual battles of extras who are getting killed. Like, they count everybody. 
How many main characters have died in Game of Thrones? Like, well, just take the season away. I, I did it all this. depends on what you consider a main character. I did this before. More than seven lines. Okay, well, okay. I did a this lot. before. I want to say there's like four. I looked this up. Like 14 or 15 quote-unquote main characters who have died. Maybe a little more than that. But you got to remember, it, there's a ton of characters in the show. And most of the main characters have not died. What are you pointing at? I'm pointing yes, at the fact Boston's that Boston's winning in the second quarter of game one. That's Boston is, is smacking really, really going to prove how the whole series goes. And honestly, yes, this is how the series is going to go. Milwaukee's not going to be able to keep up with Boston, I don't think. But I think Milwaukee's been an awesome story for, you know, the entire season. Giannis and what he's able to do. But Kyrie is one of the top seven, eight players in the league, too. Is there a show that you guys liked as much as most people on this earth like Game of Thrones? Um, you guys are being weirdos and not liking the show that I don't know. Likes. Like I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm much different. Like, uh, I, Brittany and I were just talking. We, we watched The Shy. You know, The The Shy is, is it was a great show on, uh, on Showtime. Now, mind you, nothing like Game of Thrones is about the city of Chicago, anything. But I don't know if there's really anything that I like. I think the only show that I can remember or just faithfully watching, I think was the last show was like The Office. Like making sure I faithfully watched The Office right. every week that it came on. Um, I think because I feel like Game of Atlanta. Thrones is the biggest. That's a great show. Is a is like the biggest television event ever, right now. And oh it, yeah, and it's on HBO. It's premium cable. Listen, well, yeah. it, it, this was a lot like what The Sopranos was too. You know, The Sopranos were but bigger more than life. Watch this than The Sopranos. Then. Well, I, I I don't know. You, you see, see, you were a young little little lad when The Sopranos were huge. I don't think you remember quite how big The Sopranos, Sopranos were. were. Everywhere, I bro. My parents the, watching it. The yeah. Sopranos were bigger than everything. They were like, "Hey guys, we're we're just gonna not make a season for a couple of years, all right?" And then and then HBO was like, "Cool." Cool. You guys are bigger than life. You do whatever you want. It's the same thing. It, 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 just these shows continue to come out of HBO. Oh, yeah. Milwaukee's making a, a, a nice run right now. Yes. Boston's still up seven. And uh, Boston, is. A, I think they're a better team. I think Milwaukee has a great player. And then they have a couple really good complimentary players. You have another all-star in Chris Middleton. I think Milwaukee reminds me of the Blazers. Uh you got one great player. You got an all-star compliment. Well, he's not an all-star. He should, but he should be the borderline all-star. Complimentary all-star player and a bunch of everybody else. CJ is that player that he's literally, if CJ averaged three more of the other categories, three more rebounds, three more assists, there'd be no there'd be no argument about CJ being an all-star. You talk about a guy that's averaging 22 points, five rebounds, five assists every night. Yeah, he's an all-star. That's not CJ's game, though. It's not, no, but I'm saying he already, and that's how things would change for him. He's already got the, uh, the the scoring totals. If he could go out and get three more rebounds, three more, which isn't really asking, asking a, him, him a whole bunch. Don't don't you don't have to improve in scoring. We know you can do that. You can average three more rebounds, three more assists. You're an all star player. You're a guy that averaged 20, 23, five and five. That's awesome. So that's that that's the whole thing that would that would change CJ from a borderline player to an all star. I know we're kind of bouncing back and forth because we just were watching basketball, but I just remembered something that you told me a couple of weeks ago. You are. Prejudiced against Wait a minute. British accents in TV oh, shows yeah. and movies. Sorry, I mean I love. If, if someone has a British <laughs> accent, you said um, I'm out. I mean, I mean, it's just one of those things. It's like it's ugh, not all the time, but it's, it's sometimes it's it's a hard it's a hard pass. Okay, it's cool. I'll see I these movies it. on. I'll see these movies right? on Netflix. I love it makes it accent. so classy. I'll see I these movies I on Netflix. And I'm like, uh, I'm gonna watch this, and then I'll, they'll start talking. It's like, nope. 
nope, they're going to put me to sleep. And it's just kind of really? be like that. Yeah. I don't know. You, I can't watch the BBC. That's why the, the, the British version of The Office was so boring to me. It's like, man, bro, I'm going to go to sleep. Watching throw it. Kate Beckinsale in anything I'm watching it. So She's different. I'm going to watch <laughs> She's Kate. different. I'm going to watch Kate Beckinsale on mute, too. So On mute. Yeah. Doesn't Jeez. matter. Weird. You're weird, Rashad. Brittany, yeah, thank you. Thank you for sitting in with us. Appreciate, Appreciate it. you, Brittany. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. Absolutely. Sorry for stealing some airtime by showing up unexpectedly. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> uh, we'll be back next week. I will not be out next week. I'm 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 out in May, near the end of May. That is that is the next time I'm out. But next week, next Sunday is my birthday. So yeah, no, birthday. We, cool we got show. the back-to-back birthdays. You and I. Yeah, oh. yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do. Absolutely. Gotta do something special for that, huh? Uh, we'll see what's up, man. Get a nice little, you know, have a nice little party on air. That'll be cool. I'll call some dancers. <laughs> some 9 a.m. dancers. That, yeah, the, oh, the, I know them. It's got to go to the right places. Going to party through the night, come Absolutely. in and do the show. See if we can get Acrop to drop off some, uh, some, steak bites. some steak bites. We'll just party here. We'll start the party here Saturday night and see where it goes. You heard it here first. I'll that sounds great. To party in a radio studio. So much fun. We'll be back next week, 9 to 11, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This one's for Pat! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.